that is just a delay. That's all it is. All major theme parks have delays. When they opened Disneyland in 1956, nothing worked. Yeah, nothing. but John, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the Pirates don't eat the tourists. We got a cup of coffee in here, please. You're listening to the Hoffy Coffee Cast. With Reese Bolton and Reese Jones. Oh, you some coffee, you some coffee. Okay, this guy needs coffee and cooler stack. Damn good coffee and hot. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Top of Coffee Cast where we talk everything film, TV, video games and conspiracy theories. I'm your host Reese Bolton. And I'm your host Reese Jones. And today we are talking about a film 65 million years in the making. <laughs> uh, what Probably one of the most classic uh, action films of the 90s and definitely probably one of the best, in my opinion, one one of the most iconic Steven Spielberg films ever made, um, Jurassic Park. Um, obviously, because Jurassic World Dominion has come out, we thought, um, let's go back and talk about the first film from the very beginning and uh, how it how this film kind of revolutionised Hollywood. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we talked about Top Gun last week and how that kind of revolutionised Hollywood. We talk about Jurassic Park now and this film as, def- you know, how... That this film really changed how films are made, especially films films with visual effects. Um, and we got some news today to talk about as well. So yeah, you can find us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Um uh, Twitter at HoverCoverCast, and Facebook at the HoverCoverCast. Uh, please give us a like. Oh, and also I um, forgot about our main account. So uh, Instagram and Reese uh, Bolts ninety seven and. Uh, Reese, Reese B. Jones. So, um, yeah, and follow us on, give us, make sure you give us a like, share, follow, and a review if you enjoyed the episode. So, um, let's talk about some news, uh, as it is tradition on THPC. So, I think, um, the one we definitely talk about is the release of the Prey trailer. Yeah, it looks promising, I have to say. Very, yeah. I mean, Predator the franchise kind of needed a bit of like I don't know, you know, it needed some like soul searching in what it wanted to do as a franchise, and I think this is the right direction. Yeah, and for anyone who doesn't understand what this film's about, or you've seen them advertised, you're like, oh, what's it about? So, um, obviously, is a um, it's it's a kind of a prequel, spin-off, prequel, spin-off. I, I, yeah, I, I just say more. Um, I'd say more like prequel than spin-off, if anything. It's interesting because the way I see kind of prequel and spin-offs means like prequel means like you got the characters. Yeah. And the prequel is those characters before. So if we had Arnie's character in a pre a film before he met the Predator, that'd be a prequel. But this film kind of feels more like a kind of spin-off, but set before. So this film takes place three hundred years um back in uh where basically um I think it's, it's like the settlers have just come to America, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's like 17th century, uh, hmm. 18th, uh, 18th century. Yeah, because um, you do see them with like rifles, don't you? Yeah, they're, I yeah. I think they're like flintlock rifles or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, let, let me just... Uh... Yeah, I mean, uh, 
it's yeah, pretty it's, bad. Like, yeah. I so, know, like, from like, 19, the teaser poster, you see the sort of, like, um, oh, sorry, what were you? Uh, 1719. Right, okay. Because, like, do you know, like, from, like, the teaser poster, all you see is the sort of, like, it looks like a hunter um, yeah. with, like, a bow. I didn't know whether they were going to do a sort of, like, a, a, a caveman sort of, like, Stone Age sort of, like, thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it kind of works better that they ha- they've gone for the sort of Native American sort of um, slant. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it it gives them a chance to sort of like you know explore this sort of like Native American culture, like whatever um, sort of culture it is. You know, depending on where where in America they are and like how like they confront the predators. Because I don't know. It's kind of interesting how people would go like, well. Predators are aliens, right? Like highly advanced aliens. Wouldn't they just like kill the the hunter gatherers outright? And that's not how predators work. You know, no. predators love the sport of the hunt. You know, they they don't just murder people outright. They they like the sport of it. So I don't know, going sort of like you know, vis a vis against like um these predators. And I'm really loving the design of the predators as well. You can tell that they're predators, but they look different, which yeah. I kind of I vibe with. No, no, exactly. And also, it's a Comanche nation, so that oh, is, they're Comanche, uh, okay, the Southern yeah. Plains, um, with United yeah. States. So I'm really bad with like the different sort of like um, the tribes and clans and stuff. I'm, Native Americans. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it because I know the Predator franchise has not been great. Well, oh, the latest one's been shit since the first film. Like, Predator Two was really bad. Predators. The concept was good. Yeah. And yeah. I'll say out of the sequels come out of it, it's probably the strongest. Great but, concept, bad edu- um, execution, yeah. I think. And then you got yeah. the Predator, which is kind of, it's kind of like, it, again, it's kind of, it feels like it, it, it didn't work really work. The idea of having more advanced kind of, it's, it felt like it trying to be a bit like Terminator. The idea of you've got, okay, you got this Predator, then you've got like the more advanced Predator and stuff. But, it just it, it yeah. didn't work. It didn't work really. Um, but I'm looking forward to this because it's a concept. It's like okay, how about we set this in a t- time period? Because I think this is a very interesting idea. The idea. Okay, have you prepared to previously come into the earth like hundreds of years ago in a different period, and have have those people that live in a time period? fight against a predator because if you see from the trailer you got people with like muskets and stuff like mm, fighting yeah. predator you know like this is so different to the like the the weapons that um dutch and his uh, and his and his team used against um against the predator in that in the first one so and also i feel like if this is successful i would like to see like kind of more of these kind of past films like imagine having like i don't know a predator come to like I don't know, um, samurai Japan stuff. Oh like wow, yes, yeah, I would love that. that oh it, 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 yeah. or like it coming even further, like going back. I maybe to like I don't know, like maybe a big, big shot, maybe like I don't know, like Viking Age or something like that, and they're fighting the um, and stuff. Vikings like that. are very like they're they're in the zeitgeist at the moment, so I think yeah, that, that if yeah, they are putting. I think at you know, the studios are like right. If this Native American setting does very well, let's like you know put on the table all like different speculative ones and i think viking age uh scandinavia is definitely up there yeah yeah or even go definitely. back further and have maybe kind of an ancient kind of civilization and you know why it, why don't they do something like i don't know like ancient greeks or something that'd be so good isn't it you know yeah like yeah 
I'm just, I'm just trying to think of like the different like no no like ancient Egypt imagine ancient that. Egypt yeah, yeah yeah that'd be so cool but, like, because it, they, I think this is a step in the right direction for the yeah, franchise yeah 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 and um it looks dark it looks gritty the R rated's there which is great hell yeah and it's it not... needs to be. And you know Disney are allowed this, you know the R rating and stuff like that. And I feel like I'm looking really looking forward to his film. Um, if it, I feel if it obviously I feel like it's going to be quite a low budget film, but not like you know it's going to have a good budget to it. But I mean you know coming out on who Disney Plus, it's going to make a, it's going to get his money back from viewership anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. And to be honest, like you know people know about the Predator franchise, but. I mean, I mean, it's like, definitely not as like well beloved. No, as no. If you compare it, franchise. yeah, exactly. So, but I feel like if this film, uh, hopefully, is really good, and um, yeah, um, uh, yeah, uh, we hope this film is good because I think if this is film is good, then they'd be like, okay, this is direction we should take the Predator franchise in. Definitely, yeah. I I was quite surprised actually. Yeah, like they gone with the sort Yo, of like the only thing. Angle. Yeah, the only thing. My my dislike about this film is I would kind of liked it if they kind of used the the native tongue, like kind of have ah, yeah, the, yeah. that tribe kind of use their own dialect, hmm. but, but they just uh, speaking in English, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I kind of get a bit put off because you can have subtitles and stuff. I, I think it's the um, have you heard of um, it's called the two inch barrier, okay, so it's it's basically like um, people are afraid to watch films if it's in like a foreign language, they just put off because they think it's like. Oh, they won't enjoy it as much, or you know, if they have to read subtitles throughout the film, which is really bad, you know. And yeah. I totally agree. It, it should definitely have been in uh, like the Comanche sort of like language. It w- it would have been great exposure for the language. You know? Yeah, but yeah. They chose to do it in English, which and I'm is glad, uh, obviously yeah. they've got who um, they've got as um, Amber Mid Midhunter. She's um... She has Native American roots as well. Um, is she the, the main uh, lead? Oh, she's a Native American. Yeah, she's the main lead. And you remember her from, uh, she was in Legion. Um, oh, vaguely. I vaguely remember that show. She, yeah, I can't remember what she played, but I know she's in Legion. Uh, but I've seen her other stuff for like Hella Highwater and stuff like that. And she's a really good, she's a really good actress. So I'm glad this, they've got somebody representation of Native Americans as well. So, you know, uh, and also, is this going to look at that? Uh, look at their kind of culture as well, which I yeah, find yeah. really interesting. Be a really um, good showcase for the culture. I mean, maybe that was all they wanted. You know, they want to focus on this. Like, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know how they sort of do it you know because i don't i know nothing about the comanche sort of like culture so it'd be really nice to go in like totally like blind and just like seeing mm. what they're going to do with the, mm. the film and this representation of like native americans on t- on on like yeah. you know the yeah. screen you got reservation dogs as well so oh, yeah, it's good, kind it's really of good. like i i think this is the representation of americans has always been a bit of an issue in the past especially on the screen i mean like marlon brando kind of Oh Christ! Um, spoke about it before, but not really kind of famous speech. Uh, we won the Godfather, uh, so I feel like this is going to be interesting. Like the idea of representation of Native Americans on TV and film is starting to grow, and Prey obviously is going to lead to that, be a massive element to that as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this film. Um, mm. 
Another thing that's come out on streaming in August it is the um, the Sandman TV show. Now uh, that's Netflix, is... right? Netflix, yeah, yeah. And I mean, they released a teaser trailer like eight months ago, and I was really looking forward to it. But it was kind of like, when is this show coming out? And now we've got a release <laughs> yeah. date of in of uh, in August. I think August the tenth. And um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this. It looked um, fantastic, I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I was never into Sandman, you know, like the Neil Gaiman sort of work. So seeing it sort of come to life, you know, I, I wasn't really like a fan of the art style. And I think that's where I was put off. Yeah. But seeing it like come to life and seeing um, Dream. So the Sandman, his name is Dream. Um, the actor they have playing him, I forget his name, but he is like a one-to-one adaptation of the Tom, character. Tom Sturridge, that's it. Tom Sturridge. I'm sure I've seen him in like stuff before, but he has that very like ascetic, sort of very like like starved, you know, very tired, like the hairs all like very big in 80s. It, yeah. It looks fantastic. Um, I mean, oh, who's the, the woman who played like Brienne of Tarth in uh, Game oh, of Thrones? Gwendolyn Christie. She yeah, plays... she's playing um she's playing Lucifer, which can't... that works. Cool. Um, but, you know, oh, it just looks amazing. I love that, like, the, like the esoteric, like, you know, supernatural sort of shows. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking just, forward to that. I just realised this this show comes out the same day as Prey. <laughs> what a no way! What a really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's gonna be a good weekend. So, but they're dropping all the show. Obviously, with Netflix, they're dropping all the series in one go. Um, yeah. But, this, but the cast for this is amazing. Like you got, apart from Tom Sturridge and Gwyneth Christie, you got Boyd Holbrook. Oh um, hell yeah! Charles, he playing, he's playing the Corinthian, right? Yeah, Corinthian. Charles yeah. Dance is in this. Jenna Coleman, I uh, remember from Doctor Who. Yeah, she's playing an ancestor of uh, John Constantine. Yeah, yeah. So David for um, for what for, uh, oh, for this for this? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Stephen Fry, Patton Oswalt, and Mark Hamill. So oh, this no is way. really good, um, really, really good kind of cast. Um, I definitely want to review this show if it's really good. Yeah. Um, and also, if this film is, if this show, I mean, is really successful, then uh, like Netflix, this could be another kind of fa- fantasy franchise and Netflix kind of like follow if The Witcher, I don't know, or The Witcher doesn't, uh, you know, yeah. doesn't keep, being successful and stuff. I mean, so... like, yeah, Netflix, they know that they need a big, like, glossy fantasy series to compete with uh, The Rings of Power on Amazon. Yeah. They, they know that they need something big, don't they? Yeah. So, yeah, I think because The Witcher Season 2 was had mixed reviews, I think they are thinking, oh, we need, like, a sort of fallback plan. And, yeah, the thing they are pinning a lot of, like, of their hopes on Sandman. Is it is it the Sandman or just Sandman? The Sandman, the Sandman. Yeah, I mean, it just looks fantastic. This is so, going to be dark and scary. If it the show is going to be, like, it should be. It should be like yeah. very like you know, yeah. but whimsical as well. Like very sort of like you know, like Neil Gaiman. You can write sort of like very strange, like yeah, like dark sort of work. But he also does like he's very whimsical. I know, you know like yeah, good good omens is 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 his work with Terry Pratchett. And I mean, also, like, um, Neil Gaiman, like, some of it, I mean, Good Omens has been really successful, so is, like, Lucifer and stuff, but there's also other stuff, like, I mean, 
American Gods kind of went downhill. Um, uh, I, that that was um, the show kind of went in its own direction. From yeah, the book. yeah. But uh, I mean, like I always remember Neil Gaiman as the, the cover line. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That, that brought it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Such a such a insane mind he has. Mm. Like in a, in a good. He's way. like the edgier version of Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, no, this is um. I'm I'm so looking forward to this, uh, and obviously, uh, I think I'm gonna watch this and then maybe read some of the comics after yeah. the novel. So just to kind of like learn more, uh, but yeah, um, it's also oh yeah, uh, I think there's another thing um, we should talk about is have we we got the announcement of the Joker part two, uh, Madness for two, I think it's Madness called. for two, yeah, yeah. I so don't know it... what to think about this because I think that the Joker is perfect as a single sort of like character study, one film. So I don't know what they're going to do with the second film. See, is this confirmed or has this just been a script that um, Todd Phillips has written and it's just kind of been released? Because um, I think they did say you know, that um, the script is done and they have a name for it. Uh, and uh, that's it. There's, there's, the production hasn't started. Production hasn't been greenlit, I don't think. Because I've heard that it's not been confirmed. Wait, I'm going to have a look at it. Hmm. So... It's all, all I know I, is okay, that okay, it, okay, 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 okay. In May 2021, a state of our Joker sequel is in development. Uh, later that month, Philip, Todd Phillips had entered negotiations serve as a screenwriter. Um... In June 2022, the sequel is officially confirmed to be in development with Philip Summers, director, where a script he wrote with Silver. The word that script was supposed to be the working title. So this is not... Ah, uh, working title. Working title. Um, Because, yeah, I agree. I think Madness for Two is a terrible title, in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't think it should go for the Joker 2 either. It should be something... I, I don't even think they should be making a second one. But if it is, it, you know, it can't be cringy. I, I don't know what to think about it, honestly. I just That's, think it's um, perfect on its own. I'm, uh, I, I, I just thought of a really cool kind of uh, title for the next Joker. Joker oh, go on. Joker, Send in the Clowns. That's, That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> it sounds really... Sh- actually, yeah, it sounds really shit, but it's kind of one of those kind of like... Well, why don't they just go clowns? full out and just like, I don't know. Because they obviously aren't going to put the Batman in it, are mm. they? No. Because they don't know what to do with the Batman at the moment. They're happy with him being Matt Reeves' like property, doing his little thing. So, are they going to put Harley Quinn in there? You know, are they going to put like other famous like Gothamites in it? Like, I don't know. There's also going to have to uh, be like a Jim. villain as well, because in the first film, the villain that obviously was was Rob De Niro's character and kind of the system, like the government. And the stuff system, like that. yeah, yeah. So are they going to do it again or is it going to be like... I, well, that's I the thing. There, there is no villain except I hope, Joker. I hope the next film doesn't have a villain which is like this kind of like, oh, this kind of worst version of the Joker that mm. Joker has to fight and stuff. Yeah. I know, yeah. I'm very sceptical about this film making a sequel. I, just, I don't think... In my opinion, I don't think it should have a sequel. Mm. Yeah. It's It's... it's it, it, it shouldn't. And, <sighs> yeah. And I feel like if the sequel comes out and it's not as good, it's just, it's just you know, it's... Yeah. It's just going to be bad for DC again. It's just going to be another bomb. 
like with the Batman, okay, it can work because the, there's so much to do with Batman and stuff, and you can yeah. develop Bob Patterson's Batman. But with the Joker, it's like, okay, you Miss Joker was a film by the older story of the Joker, and we know about the Joker. Like you can you can make this knowledge story and basically it'd be like, okay, this is the old story of the Joker. You know what happens after this because if you read the comics or what you know. You can make it so kind of like you, the the sequel, what follows after, it's already been told in so much Batman kind of adaption. So, or even, you know, like you know, like in the comics, yeah. or graphic novel. So you don't need to have a sequel. And frankly, like you know, I think but he he is the Joker now, isn't he? So there's yeah. no, there's not going to be any sort of like this character development in this like. That, that's, no. that, that's what was good about the film Joker was because it was the, the transformation, the journey into becoming the Joker. Yeah. But now that he is the Joker, there is no transformation unless he regresses and needs to find that like freedom that he embraced at the end of the first film. It, there, there is nothing for it. He is the Joker now. It's, it's boring. <sighs> oh, well, I mean, DC is going to do what DC does, so... Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's it's a common in this film. So, mm. like, it made so it was so successful. Yeah, they have to do another. They have to one. be yeah. like we have to do another one, but it's like, oh, yeah. like, but um, you have to like. I mean, I, I'm gonna pivot onto another DC property. Okay. Uh, the Shazam official trailer was released this week. Oh, sorry, no, no, did I say Shazam? Black yeah. Adam. Oh, Black Adam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shazam. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's Black Adam. Uh. Technically, Dwayne Johnson being cast as Black Adam is older than the MCU. Yeah, yeah, it's it, there was it's rumors almost... he was going to be cast as Black Adam back in like 2007. Yeah, which is before Iron Man. Iron Man was 2009, I think, wasn't it? 2008, 2009. But um, what do you think about his trailer? Um, it's okay, I guess. Um. Like Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate, it was pretty good. Uh, you see Hawkman, um, Atom Smasher, but apart from that, it was all just like visual stuff. You know, it was it was wasn't like nothing great. You know, I feel like this is just gonna. You, you know, the the, the ending of this film is gonna be he's gonna team up with the Justice Society of America. Yeah, take down his bigger threat and stuff. To be yeah. honest. Why why can't villains just stay as villains? Why have they always got to be anti-heroes? I don't get it. Because people don't like to kind of follow the villains and stuff Ugh. like that. Like even, I was talking about the Joker, like they had to make him sympathetic and stuff so people understand why. Well, I that. mean, they tried to, didn't they? Like mm. I think that's what they sort of told the studio, but at the end of the day he was default. Yeah. You know, you you feel sorry for him. You you don't relate to the to Arthur Fleck whatsoever in my opinion i just thought of him as this is pathetic man who he embraces his insanity by the end of the film yeah yeah that's you, you know yeah but um yeah but with like a black adam why is he like oh you 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 you're meant to be a bad guy but you can be a hero if you want to it's like what <laughs> i mean dwayne johnson like the rock has that presence doesn't he i mean he's a very like physical actor but apart from that i mean what else is there to do it just it just reminds me of just like another just boring it, it looks like um the Kingsman is what it looks like. The Kingsman was a very good film because it was very fun, but I don't think this film's gonna be fun. It's gonna be like just No, it's, it's it's just it, I feel like it's it's obviously for people who wanna see just these like 
Black Adam like absolutely just like create you know cause chaos and destruction and have his yeah. awesome but fight. It, it's just going to be a Dwayne Johnson film, you know. It's just for like fans of Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, and that's why I think this film's going to make a lot of money from it. <laughs> mm. yeah. um, but then, uh, I, like, I just don't feel like with, with The Rock, he can play great action heroes, but I don't think he's going to be a film about kind of like how he was kept imprisoned and he lost mm. his son and stuff like that. Oh, I, don't think, yeah. I don't think The Rock can actually do the kind of acting yeah. chops to that. So I agree. I mean, like you see like John Cena in Peacemaker, he has very, very good acting chops, especially mm. for like heartfelt scenes. Mm. Comparing him to The Rock, who just plays the same character again and again, you know. It's gonna yeah. be he's but the Black Adam's gonna obviously come be born to his come out and basically release into his world. He's going to fight. He's going to call Chaos Destruction, which is going to call the attention of GSA. They're going to fight for a bit. And then, obviously, you're going to try and convince him to ch- switch sides. And then maybe The Rock, Black Adam realizes that this bigger threat, obviously, is going to affect him. So he joins up with GSA. And GSA probably by the end be like, oh, do you want to join GSA? He's like, no, mm. I'm going to do my own thing and then goes away. So the JSA is that like the precursor to the Justice League? I think I think it's a different version. It's a different group, right? Okay. So you have Justice League and then you have Justice Society of America. It's like having like the Titans and uh, oh, King Titan and stuff okay. like that. It's always different groups um, of uh, heroes. Okay, I mean, I'm not really like clued into like the whole like DC law. I only know like the Justice League and, and that's it. <laughs> And like Young Justice, which is, um, I haven't seen it yet, but apparently the new Just- uh, so Young Justice like animated show is pretty good. It's still like very high sort of quality. But um, apart from that, I mean, like The Boys is releasing every Friday, which is fantastic. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely we will, fantastic. We will show. do a few of that mm. uh, when, when it finishes. But yeah, it's been really, really good. So yeah. So. Um, Anything else you want to talk about before we head um, into? No, I, I was just thinking about a few things. No, I, I think uh, I think we're ready to talk about the uh, the main event. The main event. So um, let's, let's go to Isla Nublar, shall we? Isla Nublar. Hey, let's go to Isla Nublar. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Jurassic Park. Welcome to Jurassic Park, where we have <laughs> and we have a uh, clone, actually genetic engineered dinosaurs. Uh, um Scottish uh Scottish capitalists and Jeff Goblin going um 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 the life um finds um, a way <laughs> life um finds uh uh mm, way mm. um wow that was a that was a really good impression of Jeff yeah Goldblum, yeah wow yeah, it's yeah, like he's yeah. actually here so let's do the impression so let's do the whole Jeff Goldblum impression the whole oh please effort. yes he'd be like oh right okay so um, Welsh, what um, do you um, think <laughs> of um, this film? Uh, what um, are what um, your fi- first? That's um, uncanny. Okay, I'm going to start doing that because it's going to really drive me insane doing it. So I don't know how you can think doing that when you have to like. Do I had, that thing. Yeah, I had to think, but while I was talking. So yeah, <laughs> um, I personally, um, well, yeah. What are your first like? Obviously, first thoughts of Jurassic Park and kind of like, what? When was the first time you watched this film or knew about this film? 
oh my god i mean it's like i was a kid like i wanted to be like an archaeologist like paleontologist like so long because of sam neill from this film and indiana jones isn't it Mm. i i mean i loved this film like i didn't really get like the sort of opening scenes i just wanted them to sort of you know i just wanted to watch the parts where they were actually in the park and you see the dinos and stuff i didn't really understand how important the first couple of scenes were yeah and looking back on it you know you don't really get films i guess anymore where establishing scenes there's like four isn't it it's, what is it like um uh, so so one of them you know you see like um they, they're trying to uh, offload the velociraptors from like the the containment um thing into like their uh, habitat and you know it's the who like the guy gets sucked in because like the velociraptors attacking him's like shoot her i lo- <laughs> love that scene and then it cuts to i forget his name but he goes into that sort of like the mine and he finds the the amber yeah with, with, um, the, with the mosquito, mosquito in it yeah amazing scene and then you know it cuts to the whole um uh the grant um archaeological dig where you actually find out you know like hammond's there uh with you know, and he pops the cork in that sort of trailer it's so good but yeah you don't really get like films like these anymore where there's a lot of setup, but it's it's definitely worth it. I think character like setup, especially, is very important for like how these characters interact later in the film. Yeah, yeah, and most great about this film is it has its beginning, it has its middle, but has it end. It doesn't yeah. set up anything further. Like it's not one of the films that come out and it's like an original concept. Well, it is from a book by uh, Michael Quinton, but um, it's a concept that is so basic. Which is not in a negative way, but so it's so it's such a basic kind of plot, which mm. is as I'm not yeah. negative, but so well like clever. And it just it doesn't need to be sent up sequels for other stuff. I mean there, there is groundwork <laughs> for sequels. Was that a dig at the Jurassic World uh, franchise? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's a really fa- there's a scene where Jeff Goldblum talks Ian Malcolm talks about uh marketing and put, you know making a product about uh, on something and stuff like that. Mm. And it's such a kind of like satire for like it literally is all about he's basically referring it's like the, the film's basically taking the piss of like oh yeah, we, yeah this film is gonna be like massive and stuff like that. Um yeah. so my first thought to Jurassic Park was um it took I knew about it since I was a kid, but it took me a while to actually be able, it's one of those films that when I was a kid, it, it was it was always on like daytime TV and stuff like on weekends yeah. and stuff like that. And I watched bits of it, but I never watched it fully, all of it. So it took a while for me to actually watch it fully. Like I think the most, the only scene as a young kid I can remember Jurassic Park was the guy getting the lawyer getting eaten while sitting on the toilet. That was so uh, funny. That yeah. that is the only scene I can remember. And then as I watched. Eventually, when I watched the film like in full like, a couple of years ago, I I I understood the concept and knew what it was about and stuff. Um, in my opinion, yep, this is this is um, this came out in nineteen ninety three. This uh, you can tell that this is kind of, you know Steven Spielberg's name is written you know is kind of directing stars written all over this and stuff yeah. like that. Um, he made this film the same year he was making Schindler's List, which I think is Holy an achievement shit. in itself. That, put into perspective, yeah. that is amazing. Yeah. And wow. In my opinion, it's also Steven, like, Steven Spielberg films nowadays, in my opinion, have not always... They're kind of like... Soulless. It, it, it feels like 
Yeah, they're bland. They're, they're, they're quite bland. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this film, I don't think it's bland. I mean, you know, it's it's got everything for like it's a it's a good family film. I mean, yes, it can be scary. You got little jumps in and stuff, but like it's it's like you know, kids can watch it. You know, mm, you know people yeah. love dinosaurs. Like if I say this, like people love dinosaurs. Just you know, pe- that's why Jurassic World came out and made like one point six billion because people just love dinosaurs, and also you had that kind of nostalgia from Jurassic Park and stuff as well. Like this film was so just so significant for his time and it is amazing like practical effects and visual effects i truly believe this is the pinnacle Mm. yeah of yeah great integrated use of yes both practical and visual effects yeah yeah honest to god like the visual effects hold up to this day and when did this come out it was 1993 1993 okay how it's so old compared to like, you know how visual effects like so really badly now it's amazing and if you want to see how successful it is yeah it's literally like you know Jurassic Park just the, the name everyone knows but Jurassic Park um, yeah uh you know it's uh it's uh it's uh, yeah i mean it made like 912 million yeah wow at the time yeah. and it was the highest grossing film ever at the time until titanic in 1997 right okay um and then it was re-released for its 20th anniversary in 20, 2013 and it made 1 billion and uh it's the oldest film in history to surpass 1 billion in ticket sales and the 17th uh billion film overall um, wow and yes, it's the effects. Like this, it looks so realistic. Yeah, um, it's just how they were used. Mm. And you know, like especially, um, you see the sort of like T Rex, right? The scene where you, the 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 foot of the T Rex plants down into the mud. Yeah, and that is practical, and that's why it looks so crisp, is because it's real, it's tangible. And then when it's like raised up as if like T Rex is starting to move. That comes out of shot, and it's replaced then with the visual effects model of the actual whole body, the T-Rex. But it's done so well and so, like, you know, succinctly, I think. It's just, it's mesmerizing. Mm. Honestly, like, to see that for the first time in 93 must have been fantastic. But I wouldn't even just say it's a landmark in, like, visual effects and practical effects. I'd say, like, in storytelling. Because as I said, it's a yeah, yeah. and as I said that they've been the very basic plot. It's like okay, they go to people go to an island because this guy is basically recreated dinosaurs. Mm. dinosaurs we, we do say it's a sort of like mad scientist, but it's turned on its head because Hammond's a very um like I wouldn't say sympathetic, but he's a very likable character. He's just you know he he is like the the um he wants to do good you know he wants to show the world these fantastic creatures that once roamed the earth but he's so willing to do it you know and make some money he forgets to see that you know maybe it's a bad idea you know bringing the t-rex back yeah and it's fantastic what i think a good decision spielberg made was the hammond in the the book is the popular antagonist 
he is, oh, he is an very different. Okay. He's very different. He doesn't care about his grandchildren. He's all about money, and then he gets killed later on in the in the book. Um, oh, right. Okay. But but I like to do Spielberg trying to make him kind of a bit more complex, where he's not really yeah. the villain. Like you can kind of sympathize about what he's doing, but also can't understand that like like in in the book, he's he does this. this the idea he makes a park and for the dinosaurs is for a profit. Yeah? Yeah. It's all about profit. Whilst in the film, it's made more about obviously any person who wants to create a park and stuff, a cap, you know, cap, you know, uh, uh, you know, somebody who wants to create something for, for people, you know, for people to stuff like that. It's always a money aspect to it. But I feel like that, the firstly, he wants to show. Like dinosaurs back, so people people read about dinosaurs. People, you know, people watch dinosaur document. You know, you know, learnt about kind of dinosaurs and stuff. But people aren't going to, you know, this is not a gripe towards archaeologists or dinosaur experts at all. You know, people aren't going to sit down and watch like I don't know somebody give like a PowerPoint presentation about dinosaurs, what they were like and stuff in the past. People would like to see it for themselves. And this hmm. this film, Hammer yeah. you know, Saw, is like okay. This is where you get to see, actually see, and touch, feel what these creatures are like. You see them in their habitats. You see what they do and stuff like that. Rather than reading it in a book, yeah, a a, a book that you know might not be very very engaging. Just kind of basically like point A, point B, and stuff like that. This is like you can see this in real life for yourself. And again, like he's not making this for like the old, just for the ultra rich. He's making it so everybody can see it as well. He wants it to be this very universal, classless thing, where people, yeah. where people, you know, regardless of of their mm. background, can go. Would, and would see you say this. that he is like the altruist, but he's very, uh, you know, he wants to be, yeah, like be the altruist, like the sort of philanthropist. He wants to show everyone these creatures, but he's failed to see the sort of downsides, any potential drawback in, and the dangers, isn't it? You know, he, he, he brings his chil- his grand- grandchildren here. In a way, he's blinded because he doesn't see that there are kind of, com- there's always consequence to every action. Yeah. Well, they, he... they, they make the, the um, equation, um, they equate it, don't they, about like the flea circus. Mm. They say it's like, you know, when he was saying about, oh, you know, when he was a kid, you know, he saw the flea circus and he was just like a little like me- mechanized toy. And he, you know, I said, Oh, you know, I can see the fleas moving the circus around. And they say, like, oh, well, no, like this park is the flea circus because it, it's so you're blinded by the, the glamour, I think, and like the, the magnificence of it all that you fail to see that there's terror as well. Mm. You know, yes, these, these animals were fan, you know, these, these animals were amazing, but they were also killers they were highly evolved hunters it, it's good it's a nice little study in especially human nature and how and, we we like to think we're in control of nature and there's a really there's let a, them fight there is a scene <laughs> uh where they're all sitting down table having this big debate about you know your ah, idea yeah. of like playing god um and and anyone outcome we look at it through chaos theory yeah yeah uh and that's a mathematician obviously uses chaos chaos theory a lot yeah. for us and um and yeah, they had obviously they um uh you know they have they have to clone it. Like, does something need to be cloned? Do you have to clone stuff? And 
Ian Malcolm and Hammer talking about it, be like, okay, if your species is dying because of human devastation, yeah, we should. Cl- the idea is they should be cloned because we have inflicted destruction on them. Like, um, you know, like I'll, I'll give example like the, the white rhinos and stuff like that. The ones who, yeah, you know, the ones yeah. that have been targeted in Africa for like you know that you know for what they have to sell on the black markets and stuff, like. They're being targeted because humans because of greed and yeah. and just um, you know just for greed, and I feel like cloning them will is a good thing keeping them alive. The dinosaurs were just killed by nature, and the idea is nature something happens with nature that it's all according to a plan. Yeah, the dinosaurs weren't wiped out by human kind of dealings, human kind of you know meddling. It's used by nature. You know, nature wiped out the dinosaurs for a reason, yeah. And bringing them back, it feels like plays with kind of cycle of kind of nature, like nature's plan. And even like if we look at it through, you know, a Christian perspective, God's plan, because you could say that God, yeah, it's, it's I, even, definitely, it, you it definitely could goes into who like stewardship sort of, yeah. Um, and the yeah. idea is God, you know, maybe you know you could argue about dinosaurs. Could, didn't exist to follow kind of teachers of the Bible, but if you want to say, if you're a Christian, you want to have the idea that maybe God did create some, you know, massive uh, creature that roamed the earth 65 million years ago, and he killed, and he basically decided that he killed them off for a reason. You should not play with God's plan by trying to bring it back. It's like the idea is you could. I think he says in the film, like you, you, you were thinking too much about whether you could bring them back. You didn't should. think about you yeah. should. And I feel this again. It's all about the idea is people uh, trying to play God, and the plan is you should not play God. And sci-fi has done so well at looking at that argument about you shouldn't play God if you have the ability to create something. Or, yeah, you know, it doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And you say a lot about AI and stuff like that. Westworld, in the first season, has done it really well. Well, at... the, the book was also written by um, uh, Crichton. Yeah. And there's, there's so many parallels between like Jurassic Park and Westworld. The idea is, okay, it's a park where, um, apart from dinosaurs, it is uh, like kind of hosts. Like, yeah. Consciousness. Okay, just, the dinosaurs already have kind of consciousness anyway. But the idea is like, they are like prisoners in this own kind of system and and this kind of the blindness of the people who created them who are like, oh, they'll be fine, we can control them. No, you can't because once you give something consciousness, you can't take it away. Um, mm. and, and, with, and with the dinosaurs, like it was inevitable that they would break out, yeah. It was inevitable that they will try and escape. Well, not escape, but they have... Because they're dinosaurs... In, in the way they're not trying to escape, but they they it's all about movement. And if they're enclosed, and you know obviously defense comes down, they're obviously gonna walk out and stuff like that. And especially ones that like carnivores that obviously eat meat, they are they're not restricted to attack kill humans instead. Well, yeah, they just see prey, don't they? They just yeah. want to just yeah. They, they... The thing is, yeah, as you as you were saying, it's like, yeah, they're not trying to escape. They're just trying to hunt. They're just trying to like live. They they don't understand that they're in a, essentially a zoo, you know. And Hammond, obviously, he brought Grant, um, 
Ian Malcolm, and what's the time? Lord Dern's character, uh, Ellie Sattler to this island to basically be like, okay, I'm, this is my, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna show them these dinosaurs. They're gonna be so astonished, and they're gonna endorse my mm. company. And then he doesn't go, go the way he expected because they start questioning whether this two should be right. Like, like Ian Malcolm is very much a fully a kind of not. He's, he's he's astonished by what they see, but they know that later on they realize there's something more to it. Like the idea about like the raptor eggs and stuff, and Alan Grant, the specialist in kind of like you know raptors and stuff like that. So him realizing that you create raptors, it's it's kind of like okay, you have not just created the you you have. You have created obviously dinosaur herbivores, but also you have created dinosaurs that cannot be controlled, that are very, yeah. very violent. And in, the, in like when he sees it, like you got raptors, the kind of like the fear in his face when he kind of when Hammond tells him. And you know, this film you could have done this where you could have just had a, a you know, there's an argument about if it's if it's just a dinosaur that have herbivores in this in this um film then maybe you can idea that pe- people wouldn't have died but you know end of all, these dinosaurs are huge people could die you know is it and but it also it's the idea that they can escape as well like it's not just that the done the the part doesn't fail at the end of the film because people get eaten okay that's an element of it but it's not the main thing it's that they cannot be contained these massive creatures and that's why hmm. well i fails. think um what I'm not sure what the book does, but I think in like the film, maybe like maybe it is like Spielberg's like thing that um the storm is an act of God, you know, God's vengeance and all this stuff. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, it it is just it's out of like anyone's control. And it as well, because of like um man's greed, it's compounded because you know, like Dennis he sabotages the uh, security systems. You know, and, and he, he tries to steal the embryos to make profit, you know, to a rival company. It's all about greed, you know. So, yeah, it's sort of like man's meddling with nature compounded with man's greed. You know, it just creates disaster, especially when you've managed to create these man-eating dinosaurs. <laughs> it's, it's good. It is definitely a parable, isn't it? And this was, you know, imagine, I know it's been done to death now. It's like, oh, yeah, you should not create dinosaurs, but... Jurassic World, um, you know, they, they keep on doing it for some reason. You know, we still haven't learnt. But um, this was back when, you know, they, they've they managed to get this isolated island and just they've brought back the, the most fearsome killing machines that ever roamed the earth. Yeah. That ought to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> as I said, it's a, it's a basic plot and then they escape and then cause it. It's a disaster film as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's very um, I want to say it puts the whole like disaster film, which was very popular in like the nineties, um, you know, but it turns it as well into this sort of like science fiction um, meditation on science, yeah. you know, like yeah, like nature, human uh, morality. It's it's very good, and it, you know, it, it with, shows, but without becoming too preachy, I think. And it shows really how like something like disaster films or something happening to the characters can really change pe- change them as well yeah. like uh, and and i yeah, i feel like people change 
people. What, so, what's your favorite in... character moment in this? Huh? What's your favorite character moment in this? Because what you just said reminded me of something I really liked. Um. Oh. Character so, moment. Yeah. Should I, yeah. Should I just like should I just say mine just to give you an yeah, idea? Yeah. 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 Um. So you know when um uh Doctor Grant and the kids are hiding, and they manage to find like a place to like you know rest for like the night. And he he has the Velociraptor like fossil, fossilized claw, and he drops it. Yeah, you know it's like he he gives up this sort of like ideal idealistic idea. You know, I can't even get my words up. He gives up the idea that yeah, you know, like these dinosaurs are wholly fantastic and magnificent. That he's now he's grown, but he's also become more jaded in that yeah, these dinosaurs are great, but they're also terrifying. And he yeah. gives up his dream, you know. Yeah. Because when he was just, you know, digging up, dig, uh, dig, digging up the fossils, he would have loved nothing more to see a real life dinosaur, wouldn't he? But now realizing that, you know, that be careful what you wish for, sort of thing. Yeah, and especially at the beginning when you when he talks to that kid and says, "This is what like a raptor would do to you and stuff." Yeah, and he does and... it with like, with, you know, he does it for a laugh, doesn't he? Yeah, Not knowing yeah. that, no, this is like terrifying when it's actually yeah. And and we, and when he speaks, uh, it's really weird. Are they in the relationship, him and Ellie? Or uh, it it's like a not... will they, won't they, isn't it? Yeah, because he's like, he says like to Malcolm that they are. He's he's with her. And stuff I think like he's that. just being protective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. well, yeah, um, possessive. I think. Um, but when he talks to Ellie and she's on about like you know, or uh, do you want children and stuff like that, and he's like, no, I don't children. They're messy. They're tidy. And then obviously because of like dealing with kind of this this crisis and having to look after the two grandchildren he learns we're like actually you know children um actually i like children now you know like, i've grown <laughs> actually, to love yeah, children like he's grown to kind of like you know uh, be like okay children aren't as bad as i thought they'll be yeah and that's some great calves development that's so like so simple but it's a great kind of development and it's an example of how people really change in terms of times of crisis. Like, yeah, how people really go from one thing to another really quickly in times of crisis. Yeah. It is some great growth, especially mm. for these characters. That I don't know, they just—they're really good. They're—they're they're all really likable. Even the characters you're not meant to like, like the lawyer and stuff, and um, and Dennis, isn't it? Mm. Um, they are all like. I forget. Um, everybody forgets as well. This Samuel L. Jackson film. Yeah. Um, what's yeah. his name? He's like the, the tech guy. It's um... he, he has such like memorable lines, you know, who like you know, hold on to your butts. Ray, like, Arn and, um, Ray Arnold, that's it. Ray, yeah. And um, do you know when um he tries to access the computer, but he's locked out, isn't he? By Dennis, it's like firewall, and it's like yeah, ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh, he didn't say the magic word, and he's like, please, I hate this hacker crap. <laughs> it's so funny. There are it, times it's, in it's the film, film, especially when they talk about this. One of the times in the film is. There are obviously conversations they have where adults would kind of understand, but kids wouldn't understand. It's yeah. like when there's the example talking about they're around the table and they're talking about kind of like the ideas of like you playing God and stuff like that. Uh, like, you know, adults would kind of like understand it, whilst kids would be kind of like bored. And there are times in the in the in the this film where they talk about very techy stuff, which yeah. even I kind of didn't understand it at all. Um, oh, is this um, with Mr. DNA? Mr. DNA? Yeah. Do you know when they're on, on the sort of like um, the, the 
Oh, so, so they explain about how they managed to clone the dinosaurs. Yeah, stuff like that. And even the scenes with uh, Hammond and Arnold, and they're talking about kind of like these different kind of techie stuff in terms of security and stuff like that. It's very oh, much yeah, like, yeah. okay, like that's all gone throughout my head. Like, you know. Um, I, I think what you just it's, it is meant to be like techno yeah. babble that just goes over your head. But you are meant to get the gist. I think it's um, the security guy, you know, like the, the hunt, hunter. He does say, doesn't he? This is like secure. This is safe. So yeah. the audience is just, oh, okay, so we're safe. You know, you are like lulled into a false sense of security. And then when shit does hit the fan, you are like, holy shit. Like they said that this was going to be safe. Now it's not. All these like these monsters being released. Mm. It, it is terrifying because especially how calm it is at the beginning of the film, how, you know, like nice and John Williams score, you know, the, 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 um, the flourish. The what everybody remembers as the Jurassic Park theme, it's magical, isn't it? It's nice, it's whimsical, but then it's it's mixed then with the terror later on. And also, I feel like they haven't missed that kind of presentation that Hammond puts on in the way it's kind of like showing the kids who are watching the film. It's like, okay, this is what it is because obviously kids are going to be watching. You know, I'll say. Kids like me, when I grew up, I loved dinosaurs and stuff. So this film very much was for me, for kids. Made for kids, this film. Like, adults can enjoy it as mm. well. But, but I think... But that's the thing. This was when, like, films could be made for a wide demographic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. still be enjoyed yeah. coolly by yeah. a wide demographic, right? Whereas now, it's, like, infantilization of films. Mm. Either make it, say, like, for kids or it's for adults. You yeah. Know? And they, there's no like, uh, there's no nuance. Well, it, a lot of Spielberg films are like that. Indiana Jones, you could say. Oh hell yeah, that's like a really that. good example, actually. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, let me think. So, like, uh, I, I was thinking of one just earlier. Um, Steven Spielberg did. Um, yeah, like Indiana Jones, like Back to the Future. Oh no, that's Zemeckis, isn't it? Um, yeah, he was a producer on it. So if I look at Steven Spielberg's filmography, yeah, right, he has made films that have. Folk, you know, they're made for different types of audience, and that's why he's he's done he's he's done it so well. So, like for example, uh, I'll just say Jaws. I'll say it's made for kids, and it's a strange, really strange way. But you know, kids like sharks and stuff. They find it so interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Razor Lost E.T. for kids. Portageist is really, I'll say, made for like kind of the teen audience who like kind of like the mm. horror movies and stuff. Uh, color purple, it's really much like kids won't, won't go to see the color purple, but it's really more for kind of like adults to watch, especially people who kind of like, um, kind of like even for females as well. Like, color purple is for because a lot of women enjoy watching the color purple because it's all about like this woman and kind of her story through like abuse and all that and her becoming free and stuff like that. Um, hook is for kids. Schindler's oh list. my god, Hook, yes. Hook for kids. Schindler's List, as I said earlier, oh, is very really much adult. about historians, yeah. very adults, and it's about obviously it's aimed for the it's a it's a teaching about people who don't understand about the Holocaust, but it's also about people who uh this I say Schindler's List came out in the nineties, which and it's a couple of decades following fifty years from uh World War or less than fifty years from World War Two. And it's about the generations of Jewish people, um, of Jewish 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 people whose parents or grandparents lived in during the Holocaust, 
who and it's them getting their own experience of what the Holocaust is like. So that's what that film is pretty much for. And it's shown it's 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 keeping the kind of the idea of the Holocaust or such a, a like a mass like a great not saying great I'll say I'll say it's kind of like the cat- catastrophe of humanity. It is, that, yeah, it yeah. is the singular greatest catastrophe of the human race. Yeah, and it and it, like Clinton's list is the idea of keeping that going, so people remember not to keep, you know. Mm. Well, like, yeah, it's the saying, isn't it? Like, um, he, uh, the they will forget the past, they're doomed to repeat it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even like, I'll say like uh, films like Armistead and kind of like I don't know, uh, Lincoln are very much for like history. Uh, fans and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Um, even like the posters, the Ray Player One is just for people who are like the nostalgia kind of eighties and all that. West Side Stories for like musical fans, uh, and obviously films like um, Same Player One is really much just a war movie. Uh, so it is. His films have recated for so many different audiences, and you see that in Jurassic Park, where Jurassic Park is all. You can say aimed for kids, but also adults can enjoy it as well. Because hmm. dinosaurs think, is a thing that people really kind of every kind of generation people. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't up like dinosaurs. dinosaurors. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what you're saying, I just want to add to what you're saying is that um, I think Spielberg for this film was the perfect director because of what you're saying, versatility as a director, he was perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think especially hammering home the idea that bringing back dinosaurs is a bad idea and i know it's not you know his thing that it's from the book but it, he did it so well but without sacrificing the majesty of the dinosaurs you know and it's remained probably one of the most iconic science fiction not fantasy but yeah like science fiction films of all time and there's enough there's enough dinosaurs that there's not too much it's not too overbearing and it's not too little. It's 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 rack the same. It's a nice amount. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just a shoot, the scale of of like the way he shoots, he directs kind of the scenes with the dinosaurs. Like that T Rex scene is the the most well such a well good scene because the pacing is on. Oh, point. is it with the flare? Yeah, and that, with I the car that. being yeah. the car being flipped and stuff like it's. It's about mm. uh, the dinosaurs, the T Rex, basically. You know, like the the pacing is on point. Isn't a, a good enough yeah. pacing, and the kind of suspense is really well done as well. The mm. they always find that scene quite funny. Well, it's it's funny. It's, you're losing looking at it, and it's like um, Grant and Malcolm just sitting there, and they're watching this car, like the car with the grandkids in, getting flipped over. And it is. Uh, it's meant to be. Yeah, yeah. But they're watching it, and they're like surprised, but they don't do anything. And, it's, and I've watched it for like, okay, like how long are they going to like wait until something? You know, it's like, oh, mm. we're just not going to do anything um, until it's like it's serious. Like, <laughs> and I think um, the the who like cinematography is it's it's amazing. Let me just have a look to see. Uh, the first one was one second. Uh, Dean Cundy. I'm not familiar with his work. He's done best known for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? He okay. has collaborations okay. with John Carpenter, Spielberg, Zemeckis. Um, I love the whole sort of 
how they drill in the sort of terror and majesty of the dinosaurs using yeah. cinematography in this. Yeah. Um, in particular, how, especially with like the characters, it's very like um, cl- um, close, like face face shots of their like expressions, especially in reaction to like the dinosaurs. In comparison with the dinosaurs, which yeah, they have like some sort of close-up shots, but a lot of them are very like um, wide-angle shots to just display the absolute scale. Um, very good scene, as, yeah, as we were saying about the, uh, the the jeep scene when it's tipped over and the, the flare, and you see how big the T Rex is, and um, when they're on like especially safari, and they see the sort of um, Diplodocus, you know, like the long neck yeah. dinosaur, long uh, Diplodocus, that. And when it like, it reaches up to get like a bit of um, foliage, and then drops back down, and its feet touching the ground, it's almost like a, an earthquake. And the, and the people like they, they they try to get their foot in because it's yeah it's like like a, a shockwave. It is fantastic how it's done. Um, and especially the sort of <laughs> very very you know funny scene where um Grant like sees the dinosaurs, and Ellie's like sort of like she's looking at the map you know. And he, he pushes her head to look at the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so funny. That's such a trailer shot, though, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. Action. yeah. But but before, like, the, the, the hype trailer was a thing, right? It, it's fantastic. And how they keep, um, they, they keep, like, the sort of, like, money shot. Yeah, like, um, the actual, like, money makers to, you know, you know, they, they keep it in reserve until it's when it's needed. Like, um, yeah. So they hold off showing the T Rex. They have, you know, the goat is put there on its um, chain, and they're expecting the T Rex to come out. They have to wait in it, and then the next like scene, the goat's vanished. I love that. And then the Dilophosaurus. You don't see it, do you? Until uh, Dennis finds. Well, the Dilophosaurus finds Dennis. Even even. It's even fantastic. the even the raptors, like you don't really see the raptors until later on. But um, like you you, yeah. you don't know what obviously you see the cow go in, you see this come ripped to shreds. You don't. So it's see threat them. is established. This yeah, yeah, immediately. Exactly, yeah. and it just shows that like oh, like, okay. Because I think uh, what, what they wanted you... to do was that the hidden threat is the most dangerous. Yeah. Um, and holding off showing the velociraptors, I think, was very good. Um, especially you know, in, when I was speaking earlier about the one of the uh, early scenes of um, um, one of the workers um, getting dragged into the. Oh, okay. Hello. Oh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Um, one of the workers getting dragged into the cage, and they're trying to grab him out, and you see like his hand slipping. It's it's like he's falling into like the pit of hell or something. They can't yeah. stop it. Yeah. I think I, th- I think you uh, cut a, no cut a little bit, but your your bar dropped like one. Oh, okay. No, oh no, I, I could hear you. It's fine. Do you mean? Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Um, but um, it's um. Can uh you uh hear me? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can. <laughs> um. Everything that, about this film that, is iconic. That that, that that that's chaos for me. God damn it! Like life that's, finds. I swear. Away. I, uh, I think we have to talk about like obviously the actors as well in this film. Yes. Um I want to Richard Attenborough. Richard Attenborough, yeah. OG. Yeah, yeah. OG. Anyone that's not uh, familiar, he is Sir David Attenborough's brother. And Richard Attenborough was, was an actor and director. This was the first film that he 
of acting in 14 years. And Holy he's hell, really? well, well known for directing. I mean, he directed the Gandhi film. Yeah. Um, let's have a look at other ones he's done. I know that remember one from Gandhi, but I mean, he's such a great presence on screen. It is, uh, he is kind of like, um, he, he's just, he has a, he's a, he's in the middle. So he is a, a nice man. Yeah. He's a very warm, like, like kind of grandfather to his children, you know, but he, he feels like there's a warmth to him, but also he is somebody who doesn't get walked over and he can like, he, he can, he, he can be argumentative and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. do you get what I mean? He's like, yeah. he doesn't, um, but then because of his warmth and like his politeness, he's also naive as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, there's a, there's a there can be a coldness to the character, but also there's warmth as well. And I think I really enjoyed that rather than having just him being just as a cold character anyway. Um, but wait, you feel really sorry for him as like the part of sense of chaos because it's like if it feels like his life, like like his life's aim is like he spent all his life setting this up and it become crashing down. At the end of it, you just feel very sorry for him. And, and all that, like, I think, like, if they made this based on the the, the kind of character from, if they're basically based on the, you know, this character in the version of the books, then I wouldn't give a care if his part got destroyed. Hmm. But, like, yeah, I, I think Richard Attenborough brings, like, a really, really great role, and I'm not gonna lie. I, I am thinking of bloody Colonel Sanders. I, I like. I, I don't know <laughs> where the Colonel Sanders thing comes from. It's like he it, it, it just looks like it's, Colonel Sanders. He's just wearing a white suit, isn't he? Yeah, but the he hat wears that as well. Of white hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's. Um, I'd say it's more sort of like convergent evolution. It's yeah. just there was no thinking behind it. They just wanted that. You know, like that very. I don't know. Almost like Island of Doctor Moreau slash. Um, I don't know, the sort of like, you know, the, the clean cut, you know, gentleman. He doesn't like to get his hands dirty. I, the look is very iconic to the, yeah. together with the sort of um, the cane topped with the um, the mosquito trapped in amber. It's it's so iconic. And he's to like... the point where I always wanted that cane as just yeah, like, just yeah. to have, you know, yeah. I have the cane from Jurassic Park. He's a um, very smart man, but also there's naivety to him. He yeah, thinks that yeah. this park. Is secure. He thinks people are all gonna mm. be amazed by the dinosaurs that they can go inside and all that. I'd say almost like child, childlike naivety. Yeah, you know. But um, the other, I mean, the other actors. I mean, Jeff Goldblum is just you know, Jeff Goldblum, I guess. But he's think, he's also great in it. Um, Samuel, like, though, amazing. I'll, I'll talk about Jeff Goldblum quick before we yeah. move on to Sam Neil. But I think. Jeff Goldblum, he wasn't in much big things. He was in The Fly and stuff, and then he came onto this. And I've, I feel like, and I think Nostalgia Critic made a good point about it, is Jeff Goldblum, like, he does kill it in the role. Everybody likes Jeff Goldblum in this, fil- in this film, yeah. yeah. And this film, most of the scenes that Jeff Goldblum is in this film have been memed. Like, the whole, that's a big pile of shit. Like, you know what I mean? Back in memes so many times. The scene of him just like, you know, when he's like, he's like lying there and like his shirt open (laughs) and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, his chest is shown. Like, it's, it it feels like such a kind of 
that has been memed as well. And like, well, he was a bit of like um, I don't know. Would you yeah. go so far as to say sex symbol in the nineties? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And the whole kind of um, you know, um, stuff like that. It's it's very mean, meanable. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like because he was so successful with his film, I feel like he's kept put on that kind of same kind of impression in the rest and his other films after that. In my opinion, um, he 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 started becoming kind of like the Jeff Goldblum kind of character. Like that was the same in like other films and all that, and then, and then he stopped, and he's now really come back. Really, it's like a you know, obviously he was in Full Ragnarok. He did this whole the world corner of Jeff Goldblum. He's now started to come back as like people really started liking him, you know, stuff like that coming back. Yeah. But like following from Jurassic Park, he started just playing the same character in like a lot of our films, and became kind of a bit of kind of a meme. Then, yeah, um, it it. it do you get what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's, yeah. But it's so many actors have had that as well. Like so, but now they're coming back and they're like, okay, they're not much of they're, still, they're not much of a meme anymore. They actually, you know, want to want to prove that they're a good actor and stuff like that. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, and I think nostalgia critic made a good point about it. It's, it feels like after watching Jurassic Park and then you follow in some of the films that Jeff Goldblum's had been, he is kind of playing like a similar character to Malcolm and the way he kind of like. His his kind of depiction of the character, like how he kind of acts as Mal- Malcolm, kind of is the same how he acts with other characters yeah. in other films after this one. Um, but I mean, all these characters. There's no character. I mean, that you know, there was obviously kind of this the stereotype, kind of like like. Take or steal Spielberg films of characters like Wayne Knight's character being kind of like you know the fat man, the corrupt, greedy fat man that yeah. and him, him trying to like you know get the car started and him sipping over the water and stuff like that. It's all kind of funny and stuff like that. It's amusing. I mean, you you have like the um, the granddaughter who screams every single time there's a dance on screen, it becomes annoying, but then she actually proves herself as actually useful, yeah. Um, uh, Ellie proves herself as very useful as well, and she's she's they make us out not to be a damsel in distress, which I think is really good. Yeah, I, mean, actually... I feel like the time that this film was made, it was very yeah, unusual, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ian Malcolm, he even though like he is kind of like his legs, you know, his legs broken <laughs> and stuff like that. There is a moment where he's actually like, you know. He's not all talk and stuff. I mean, you know, you get the impression that he's kind of like a flirt and stuff and he's kind of up his own ass, but he does help, you know, yeah. save the kids and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, Alan Grant, like, you know, he becomes kind of like, uh, like, the, he becomes like, the, you know, the academic that becomes kind of the hero and stuff like that. He, there's, there's a new level to his character. He, he, he becomes like the kind of sit down kind of, um, in a weird way, it's kind of like Laura Croft. It, it's like, she, like she at the start, she becomes like, oh, she's kind of like, um, oh, I'm. Mm. I, I know, I'm, I know, the, I know you mean. So yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah, they go from like cold academia into sort Ac- of like cold yeah. academia to kind of like the whole like superhero kind of yeah. action hero stuff, and their lives change forever and stuff like that, and they find new kind of elements to themselves, like, and I, that's what I found with with Doctor Grant. Um, but um, 
and I'm saying with um, right. So let's talk about uh, Sam Neil. Sam Neil, New Zealand Sam Neil. He's been a few stuff before his film came out, and I feel like this film really put him like went in, into the wide kind of audience, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, and then he became, went on to do quite a lot of things, especially in the 90s, like, you know, like Event Horizon he was in. Um, uh, you know, Yeah, it, I'd say, like, apart from this. The like Tudors and stuff like that. You know, he's been, like, TV and film and stuff like that. You, you know, Piggy Blinders. He was mm-hmm. a really big name to be on Piggy Blinders, especially on the first series. Like, you know, um, but yeah, he, he became like, I still think he's, he's really good now. Like, you know, he, I mean, he's in the MCU and stuff like that, but like, um, he's not one of those actors that's kind of like start going really, really into really, really bad films and stuff. He's like, he's still kind of really well known today. And he, mm, you know, yeah. he's shown like he's, he's he's still a great actor today. Laura Dern, uh, uh, she was quite young in this film, like in her early twenties. Um, and I feel like this was really like uh, um, she and she in the nineties. She well, she was really well known for like her, you know, the David Lynch films, like you know, Blue Velvet, Wild Heart, and all that, and. Um, she achieved um, international recognition for a role as Ellie in Jurassic Park. And she went on to do like so many other big films as well. Yeah. Um, so, and she's like, you know, one of the, in my opinion, one of the best actresses working today. Okay. Yes, you may not. I think she was miscast for The Last Jedi. Yeah. It was just the writing of the character. The writing yeah. of the character. I don't think it was her. Um, but again, like she's, you know, she's shown like she's such a really, really great, great character. And I feel like with these three, yeah, they are, they are, in my opinion, like you know, the Luke, uh, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum are like, you know, the Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher. They're like a, they're the team, like the, the three core team that everyone kind of remembers main yeah. characters from Jurassic Park as well as Dr. Hammond. Um but and then bring bring them back in Jurassic World Dominion was kind of like, oh we're gonna do a Force Awakens. We're going to <laughs> yeah. bring these characters back. Do you remember these characters? Remember these characters from your childhood? Well we're gonna bring them back, the actors and stuff. And looking at kind of the reception of Jurassic World Dominion, it kind of feels like okay, you can bring back nostalgia, but you know that the franchise has run its course. And this is one of these franchises that's run its course so much. Well, I mean, because they did the job in one film, didn't they? You know, Mm, uh, The Lost World was terrible. Jurassic Park 3 was okay. It's pretty good, but not great. Jurassic World, the first one was like, okay, I guess. It's pretty much the the first one was basically like The Force Awakens to A New Hope. Let's bring back this and make the plot the same thing again, but make it a little bit bigger. Exactly. And then Fallen Kingdom had... Oh, my God. Yeah. What even was that? It, so, I knew what they were going to go for, but it became just really, really just done right in. Apparently, then, Isla Nublar is a, is a volcano now. <laughs> yeah. It it it, 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 it started as retcon and stuff as well, but it, yeah. it, it became a franchise that just kept milking. And in a day, like you know, people look everyone still, dinosaurs. 
people dinosaurs like dinosaurs, but also this is a world where kids actually would rather you know we watch superhero films than we yeah. about dinosaurs and stuff. So well, that's why they put like... Chris Pratt in because he's got like you know he's he's a big name and he's like oh let's just make him like a, a bloody superhero with like mm. loads of plot armor. Yeah, I mean, I think and you're then, right. It's kind of run its course, but I'm happy with like that. The first film is, is still regarded as yeah, great. And then the second one is kind of like, oh, there's been another island, and I was just like, yeah, it's like never B. mentioned yeah. in the first one, and that's where they actually made mm. the dinosaurs and stuff. But I, I gotta say though, I like the inclusion of the sort of um, oh, what are they called like those tiny ones. Um, oh, damn it! The, you know, like they're really small, but they yeah, like, yeah, they're man eaters, you know. I think um, that was pretty cool, but um, yeah. Apart from that, also yeah. it's very scary. Like, there's so much horror things to it. It's like the creatures that kill Wayne Knight's character, they're terrified. Especially oh, when the Dilophosaurus. The Dilophosaurus yeah. is—it's really scary. There are there are really scary moments in this film. Mm. Like, and some of um, the, I, yeah. I always remember the kitchen scene. It really reminds me of oh, with like, the mirror. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it really reminds. You know, when in the kitchen and the kids mm. are hiding from the raptors and stuff, it's really much like kind of a, you know, haunted house horror. Yeah. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Haunted house kind of horror slasher film where you're escaping from the the mass killer, like, you know, the, you know, like the Jason, the Jason Voorhees or, you know, the Leatherface kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think in what, when I remember watching this film, like, I rewatched this film again for the, um, for the episode, and I was thinking, like, imagine a Darth Vader scene where it was like a young Padawan just hiding, or some hiding from Darth Vader, and it, oh it's my in, god, and it's him just walking and stuff, and it, it would have done. I think that'd be so cool. Um, yeah, and there's jump scares in this film, like when when Lord Dunscout the raptor attacks Lord from behind. And oh stuff god, like that. yeah. You and, never um, expect that, do like, you? Uh, like, Mr. Ar- Ar- Ray, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, his hand just like falls on it. It is so, so good. I feel um, like how. I think, like, just it. not even just like jump scares, but just like scenes of just absolute terror. So when uh, I forget his name, but like he's the hunter, like the head of security sort of thing. Oh, he's yeah. Setting yeah, yeah. up his um, SPA. Um, his um, name is uh, Muldoon. Muldoon. Yeah, Muldoon. He's setting up his gun like that, and he sees the raptor. And then literally another one outflanks him on the side, and he says, "You know the you know the lines like clever girl, because you know you know he's fucked." Yeah, but you just you can't help but hold your breath. And even he, like in the end, he's just like he admires them for like their like hunting prowess. It's, and ev- it's really bloody good. And everything. With- there are moments in this film where I have said that where stuff is introduced but it doesn't get resolved. But there are times where stuff is introduced and gets, you know, they talk about how raptors hunt in packs. Like one raptor will be kind of target and the other two will come in from the sides. And then the idea about, like, you know, the granddaughter, um, Lex Murphy, she mentioned, oh, I'm a hacker. Okay, <sighs> we need a hacker to do this. Oh, we got a hacker anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. And also, it's good because she doesn't become this kind of the screaming girl all the time. But it's like, oh, okay, that's useless. She actually uh, contributes to the plot of the film, yeah, um, and the crisis. Um, but there are parts about the film that kind of don't go anywhere. Like when um, oh, there's a is a part of the film where um, uh, the Triceratops is as ill, and then. And Ellie just looking after it, and it feels like it doesn't go mm. anywhere. 
But that's really, I think that's just there. So it's plot device. So Ellie becomes separate, separate from the group. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, that, you know, it's, there are stuff that doesn't get resolved in this film. Um, but in the day, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's, it still does, does it so, so well. Um, also another thing that really kind of, doesn't make sense. It's a little bit of a plot hole in this film that does make sense. So um the idea is right, they find dinosaur eggs, yeah, out in the wild. And the idea is okay, the dinosaurs created by female um what do you call it? Uh they're, they're dinosaurs are female, so yeah, they can't yeah. mate and stuff and breed. That's why you keep the population like under control. Um and obviously they use kind of frog DNA. And then like Grant finds obviously he's broken dinosaur eggs and he curses that uh, the frog frogs, like the West African frogs, can change their sex and single sex environment. Yeah. Yeah. You would have thought these scientists would have realized that before they'd start doing the cloning. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but like if you're an expert in DNA, we start as these scientists are, you would have think that like, okay. There are some frogs that actually have like that can change their sex. Maybe you know. You, it, I feel like it's a bit kind of a, it's a silly plot hole to, to be honest. Yeah. Well, they they're just trying to find a reason for them mm. to you know their population to become you know out of control, isn't it? For like things to start going wrong to show that nature has a way of you know undoing things that we would like it to do. What um. The way this film ends, it's like they get in a helicopter and they're it's, it's it's a weird like the end is very strange. Like they seem to be very chill and like smiling and stuff. And I'm thinking, oh my god, like I you guys are they just happy guys... they're alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like so many people died and stuff, you know. And um, they they fly away, and obviously T Rex kills the raptors and stuff. So what happened? Right, so what happens? Because obviously they don't, they go to another island in the next film. And Jurassic Park three, they go to another island. No, they go back to the first island, don't they? In, Do they? In number I'll three, have look, I'll have a look at that. I'm not sure because, or, or, or are they still on uh, site B? Right. So, uh, the film takes place on Isla Solna, a fictional in, island cloned dinosaurs. In which on... one? Number three. Yeah. Oh, that's site B. Yeah. Yeah. So they go back to site B, but. Do they have any mention what happened to the to Isla Nuba? Because it feels no, like okay, we no. just left the dinosaurs kind of take over. But then in Jurassic World, they kind of they kind of you can see that Isla Nuba, they kind of took back Isla Nuba and rebuilt the park. But yeah. maybe they explain it in Jurassic World. But it's been ages since I've seen that film. Yeah, I, I'm um, not probably I'm not going to watch it again. No, soon. no, no. Um, but it's very. It's. It feels like okay. How did they get all these dinosaurs? Kind of get. You know. How did they sort? How did they kind of sort out all these dance? You know. Get these dinosaurs back. And yeah. Kind of. Uh, I don't know. I think they just wanted like all the familiarity, didn't they? So look, we we've gone back to the original island. We've. It, it's just a reboot, isn't it? Mm. They mm. like. To, they like to say it's um it's a sequel, but it's just a soft reboot. You know, like like what J.J. Abrams just loves to do. Um. 
I I don't know. I, I I'm not really a big fan of the Jurassic World like. Oh, I'm not. It could have been I'm, done I'm better. Not. I'm not. I uh, it feels like. If... It's just contrivances. Jurassic Park 3 isn't a great film, yeah? It's a film that you run as course because it's basically much, oh, Dr. Grant is asked by a couple to go to is uh, you know the second island to rescue their son. Yeah. And that's it. That's the plot. Like it feels like a very like okay, the only reason they go we go the reason why they're making it so oh we can see more dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And We've seen dinosaurs come to the mainland in Jurassic Park. Two. Two. Yeah. Okay, there's one thing that I think Jurassic World, the co- one of the concepts of Jurassic World that I think it finds really interesting about how the film, the new film kind of has butchered it was, okay, the idea of dinosaurs and humans living, existing, coexisting together. Dinosaurs now are ruling the Earth. Because in the first one, they're only ruling the kind of the island, yeah? Yeah, and I think the concept of the dinosaurs breaking out and being able, and because of human manipulation, um, humans dinosaurs are broken out and they're now kind of free along to live in the humans, kind of a, a parallel to kind of King Kong and Godzilla and stuff, and the idea where the titans live among us and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and even like the second one, the, the Lost World, really much is about King, no, the 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 T Rex or Wherever the dinosaur is, so they take back to the mainland. It's pretty much like King Kong. It's like, oh, we brought it back. It's running a mark. The idea is now you brought it to kind of human settlements and stuff, and we want to see what it's like in a human kind of, uh, you know, background landscape and destruction it causes and stuff. Yeah. And, but I've, 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 that's what Jessica will, I kind of like the, the concept of, but apparently, isn't. The reason why how is caused because of a young girl who realizes, oh, I'm cloned just like me, and releases oh, all God, in yeah. Fallen Kingdom and releases all of these dinosaurs out into the world. And the new one really is really doesn't really focus on that. Really it focuses on like a, I mean, spoilers. Anyone wants, you know, I mean, I'm probably saving you money just just by telling you the spoiler. But it's it's. The idea is, oh, there's this kind of plague of locusts that are attacking the crops of, of people. This company has created, I think this, this company's created these locusts that only tax other people, other companies' crops, not theirs. What? That's so yeah, stupid. Yeah, that's the plot. That is the plot. And there's, and yeah, there's, there's this methods of, <laughs> oh, oh, dinosaur black markets and stuff. It's like, yeah, okay, but there's a focus on it a lot. It's, 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 don't take... That would be interesting. That would be very interesting, actually. It's not. Yeah. It's literally like a part of the film. It's really much about we need to find this, yeah? Yeah. Oh, we need to uh, go to this place to talk to this person who will oh, eventually really? take us to this place. Yeah. It's... it's. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> I'm getting kind of bored of stuff like that, really. The idea is, oh, you we have to... The idea is, oh, it, it becomes kind of like side questy kind of stuff like uh, i've seen in games as, as well like you know yeah it's, it's like to oh, find this to find this to find i this mean to the yeah, area, it yeah. works well in, in like dungeon of dragons idea when you want to keep like the the campaign going and stuff but you know yeah i found that also that the, Mand- the mandalorian it? whereas mandalorian's like oh i need to help this and they're like okay you gotta do this first for me <laughs> and then i'll help you with this and it's like oh for god's sake you know like it, it kind yeah. of kind of kind of fillery doesn't it like um 
but yeah, that's basically what Dominion is. There's nothing the the idea of concept of the, of the world of Manti having to coexist with dinosaurs is interesting, but the execution is awful. Yeah, and I felt yep. like absolutely terrible. <laughs> I feel like this if this if that film came out after this film, but was this Spielberg would have done that film kind of better, having a kind of the world ecosystem of dinosaurs and stuff, mm. and how it'd be a sequel to this film, and it would have worked. But they just, they just, it, it is kind of the milk to this franchise because they think, oh, people still love dinosaurs. The first one's still like, you know, really, really kind of great. People will come and see it and stuff. And, but, you know, as you said, like the whole film has been done in one, it's all done in one film. Uh, yeah, it's same one thing. And done, isn't it? And yeah. that's what same problem with Westworld. Westworld, uh, yeah. Some uh, like uh, a podcast that I I I follow, listen to. They said Westworld the first season would have been the best miniseries probably ever put on TV. Oh my god! They yeah, yeah. That. yeah. It's so well done, and it, the end. You know, the idea about okay, the 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 host find consciousness and they start killing the park guests. And now they are free to roam the park and have their own choices. Free will. Mm. That's how you end it. Uh, Anti Robert Ford's dead. The creator is dead. Yeah, God yeah. is dead, isn't it? God yeah. is yeah. dead. Humanity is now, ha- you know, free will. They have free will now. The humanity, are, you know, they're the next generation stuff of of uh, human consciousness and the next, you know, hosts and all that. But then they decided to make a second season where they kind of keep focusing on the philosophical stuff and then just keep adding stuff as well. Yeah, it's rehash, isn't it? Just yeah, where like a guy puts his to keep himself a living forever, he puts his brain into a host and stuff like that to keep himself alive. And it, it gets and then they go to like the real world and it's just like, oh, you know, it's it's it they start milking it. I mean, I'm still gonna watch Westworld season four. Yeah, hopefully it'll be better. Hopefully it'll be better, but I feel like that show has run its course. And if it was just the one series, it would have been so... Oh, God, yeah. Probably the best miniseries ever. People created. like to say, don't they, like Watchmen was like a great miniseries yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Know? Or like, I don't know, Band of Brothers is, is up there, isn't it, with like one of the greatest miniseries ever made. Um, It could have been fantastic. like, But it's just, just loads of voices saying like, oh, this was really popular. Let's just keep on doing what we're doing and making more money. Yeah, it's what it is, and they're just voices in a room, unfortunately. But um, no, um, pulling back to this, I mean, we did get some really cool things, like um, I think especially from like Jurassic Park three, the whole bird cage aspect of it. Yeah, you know, that was, that good, was yeah. fun. But I don't know, it's just just milking the cash cow until you know people just hate it. <laughs> you know, but it's not that you know. I have no sort of like hatred towards the first Jurassic Park. I think it's perfect. No, no. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So um, I I don't I don't know really what else to say except for like they should just starve. <laughs> but also, um, yeah. I mean, it's like really interesting covering the whole. I think the I, I know the dinosaurs are the best part, yeah. But yeah, also one of the yeah. things I really enjoy is this kind of philosophical debates around mm. it. Yeah, it's and that's one of my favorite, favorite one of my most probably my favorite scene. It's weird, okay. My favorite scene in this film is the discussion where they're sitting down talking about playing God. Uh, yeah, with, uh, yeah. And 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 Malcolm, yeah, and and Ian Malcolm saying some really great quotes. It's like, okay. 
God creates dinosaurs, God destroys dinosaurs, God creates man, man kills God, man creates dinosaurs. Next thing, dinosaurs yeah. kill man. It's it's it's, yeah. it's it's that kind of like cause and effect, isn't it? Mm. It's the it's the cause and effect, and it's. Yeah. Um, I don't really know why they bring along um a, a chaotician, you know, um, um an expert on chaos theory. I don't really know why they'd bring him along, but um, yeah. it's he has um, some like interesting things. To I say. feel like he wasn't Hammond in bringing him along. The kind of company, uh, the investors brought him along. Right. Yeah. That's why I got the vibe because ha- Hammond. Right. The idea is, and Malcolm's there as kind of like as a second kind of like uh, percept, you know, view where like mm. if the if the yeah. show if the film if the park isn't because uh, the idea is Hammond. The reason why he brings him here is because um, the dinosaur handler gets killed, and the, com- the family wants to sue the, the park for two million, I think like twenty million dollars. Yeah, and the park's investors, and why obviously investors always worry about their money and stuff like that because mm. they invest a lot of their money in it. Um, they want the safety certification. The idea that like is this park safe to open for the public? And this is the, obviously the park has not been opened yet. But everything's kind of set up. I mean, there's a scene where it's like kind of the gift shop and stuff. Like it's all, yeah. everything is set up. Yeah, everything's ready, isn't it? Yeah, everything's ready, and it's all about kind of like, uh, you know, the kind of like the tat and stuff you see of kind of like if you go to stuff like. Hulk I really Howard, love, I think, yeah, yeah, like the satire of like Disneyland, isn't it? It's taking yeah. the mick out of like yeah. Disneyland. You know? Yeah. So they want to say certification, and the lawyer Donald Gennaro. He invites uh, the mathematician Ian Malcolm. So they bring in Ian Malcolm because of the, like kind of a second view and stuff like that. While Hammond, kind of the counterpart, that he invites a paleontologist and paleobotanist uh, Anna Grant and Ellie Sattler as kind of like, okay, you bought somebody, I'm bringing my other people my own, and then they can see and stuff. Um, so that's why I've, that's why Ian Malcolm is there as well. But also, it's kind of nice having like a different different groups of kind of like academics there as well. It's yeah. not all just like dinosaur experts and stuff. With it, it's a mixture. It's like it's like when you go for a conference and it's like all people, all <laughs> yeah. different types of different types of like academic areas and stuff like that come together and have their own discussion and all that. I, mm. I, I think it works really really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, and again, like, you know, when they, when they say, oh, you got T-Rex here and stuff, you know, everybody loves T-Rexes. Well, it's the most famous dinosaur. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. So when they say it's, you, know, you have a T-Rex and Grant, like, collapses, everyone in the audience is basically like, oh, my God, are we actually going to see a T-Rex, you know? Mm, mm. And we do, and we see it in all its terrifying glory. And it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a great build-up, so though. They don't show it straight away. Yeah. They wish show it when it attacks. It teases um, the audience, but it's done so well. Yeah. And also that scene of uh, Grant and the uh, Tim and Lex, literally, as you said earlier, like you know, where he the scene where he throws the raptor claw down, you know, yeah, throws it. They like sit, you know, they just come from kind of a, you know, uh, you know, a shocking kind of kind of ordeal with the T Rex, but they're literally just like sitting down. they they've. They, you know, they're trying to sleep. They're kind of, they're out of kind of the fire. They're they're cooling off and all that. 
yeah. and they see um uh uh a bicep a bat uh so brachiosaurus but yeah. but it shows that like the dinosaurs not all dinosaurs are kind of like yeah the animals violence yeah. animals there's also the beauty of them as well yeah. and i like this it shows that as well it's, it's like, really good not yeah. all dinosaurs are you know killing machines and stuff like that yeah but, you know nature is violence but also it's peaceful as well mm. you know yeah, nature, nature, nature is kind but it's also uh nature takes and nature gives and all that yeah that's good Na- yeah nature is kind but also nature is, is scary you know it's 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 really well it's really well done and yeah i i, I really i really really enjoy this also this might be me looking at it too much but robert Muldoon, he's the the gamekeeper isn't he that's what yeah. they basically have is he supposed to be is he british english in this or is he kind of australian um, australian i i got from it yeah is but he his trying... accent does all over the place. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, when I was looking at this, I was thinking him being killed by like the thing he's hunting. Is that kind of like a kind of allegory of kind of colonialism and imperialism? Probably, yeah. The way he's dressed as well. Maybe it's yeah. as well. You know, like, big game hunters, isn't it? You know, like they're always hunting like you know the biggest prey they can get, mm. and then he in turn is hunted by the biggest predator on yeah yeah and you the know, idea and the idea it's, was like it's irony you know yeah it's all this yeah yeah you 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 know colonialism you come into like a new world and you hunt and you you know take what take what you know and kill and stuff but it can happen to you as well and stuff yeah. like that like the, the tables are turned and i thought that's something that i found really interesting really um, yeah, it is. There's a lot of um. There, there is a lot to unpack. Really, is it weird? I, I kind of like his character too, which is bad. This, this, this film very much is about um. It's just. It's about it's about in colonialism and imperialism in a very strange way. Like it, it very feels like John Hammond feels like kind of one of those you know people like you know, it reminds uh like. You know, like around the world in eighty days, character. yeah, like the, yeah. the sir that goes to kind of like the the cl- gentleman's club, gentleman explorer, and, sort and, of thing, and I'm it? like, oh, I'm going, you know, kind of, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. Uh, it reminds me of Lord Carnarvon from the Tutor. Um, oh, what was his name? Uh, the guy that financed the Tutor Carmoon expedition. Oh, damn! Um, um, yeah, it might, might have been I know yeah. I'm Carter. Howard was the Carter. Actual... Howard Carter. John Howe reminds me of that kind of Robert Carnarvon, where it's like a man with a lot of money who wants to like, oh, I want to do this. I'm, you know, I want to, I want to go to the furthest reaches of of human understanding, of human potential, and mm. all that. I want to kind of, uh, I want to, I don't know. It, it's it's like a mad, the Victorian mad scientist, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you look at Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein, he's able to revive somebody from the dead, you know, and he plays God as well, which uh, is is it having those characters, having kind of like Johan be kind of like the Scottish kind of British gentleman, and you know, and having one well, don't be kind of like the gamekeeper, like the colonial gamekeeper. It's very much uh, it's a satire, but also it's an allegory of kind of like you know the the corruption of humanity and how. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely go so far as to say that there, 
um wardrobe and definitely characterization is definitely say like a critique on uh ca- um colonialism yeah yeah whereas um uh the lawyer is definitely like a like a satire and critique of like capitalism yeah it's always you know when um it, yeah. uh, the kids um the, the kid the boy he picks up like those like the headset like those goggles yeah and the lawyer you know he says like, oh, is it heavy and it's like yeah oh then it's expense put it down you know it's all you yeah. think about is money, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All thinking about is money, and uh, I mean, the first thing he does is they they, they betray the selfishness of him. That when the T Rex attacks, he basically leaves the kids and goes and hides. Yeah, like he's, he's the only character really in that film that actually does that. Goes away and hides, and you know, like he doesn't do anything brave and stuff as well. I mean, you could say that uh, uh, him and Wayne Knight's character. Um, uh, I, I mean, it definitely shows that spectrum Nedry. of like, they are humanity. they are greedy. They are like yeah. they're obsessed with money, and they're they're the ones who are selfish, and it's all about themselves. Mm. And they're the ones who die brutal deaths, really. Um, yeah, it's very like it is very Spielberg, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. Know, you're, you're a bad human. You're gonna die a, a brutal fucking death. It's always the ones about like you know Indiana Jones plays it so well. Like uh, yeah, the, 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 the guy whose face melts. Yeah, and the guy in the first the one, he's, he's he's all about oh the Nazis, you know they can have. I want you know I the Nazis. I just want the cup. I want you know I want the big yeah mess. yeah. And so, in the so first, he chooses the most ostentatious cap. Even yeah. the Raiders one, like he just does it because he wants to make rich from it. He like he's he's working with the Nazis, but he knows the Nazis are going to pay him a lot of money. And that's what he cares. Oh, about. you mean like um, is it Belloc? Belloc, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all die horrible deaths. Yeah. Which is like it's such it's a, it's such a, it's horrible. Such a, you see that, and you're like, good riddance. And I, I do like, yeah, because they're bad yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, and they are horrible yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that is good. Like, I wouldn't say that is particularly good filmmaking, but it's classical. You know, like mm. the bad guy gets his comeuppance sort of thing, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's just good. It's classic film now. Anything you want to say about Jurassic Park before we wrap up? Um, I mean. I don't really watch it as much as I should, really. But I think no, I I... Say it's probably one of my favorite sort of like, not even you know, nostalgia aside, it's probably one of the best films I've ever watched. Yeah, I, I think I definitely, and it's a film that everyone remembers. It, you know, um, it's a very iconic classic Spielberg film. Yeah. Um, it's a shame that it's it's kind of name has kind of been butchered by people who want to. Again, as Malcolm said, oh, you're just it's it's so it's literally like it's like the 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 creator well the 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 people who the production company, the studio, but he shot themselves in the foot making sequels because they wrote this, you know, they wrote they had allowed this thing to be put in the film where Malcolm is like, Oh yeah, you find something and you think, oh, we could do this, and then you shove like you know stuff on it, you merchandise it and you know, you make it big, you know, you keep putting like uh, stuff on it, you keep making it bigger, you keep making it bigger, you keep showing people's faces, you know, stuff like that. And it, it works so well because Jurassic Park is like that, you know, like, mm. it's like, yeah. oh, let's make it bigger, let's make it more, let's put it more is, on it. Right? Yeah, people yeah, people you know, like, like it. And then, and then it, it, it kind of like, it kind of like dries out. Yeah, it, you know, like, you, you've you become what you sought to destroy, you know, sort mm. of thing. Mm. It is, you're mm. totally right, yeah. It just becomes yeah like a shadow itself like um yeah, and but yeah Jurassic yeah. Jurassic Park is a classic film but it's just 
it's a shame that he's got kind of got butchered by kind of a milking of a franchise by people who just be like, we well, what can we make? Oh, Jurassic <laughs> Park, people still love it. And it feels like Universal Pictures, apart from Fast and Furious, they haven't really got a big franchise really to they, they can get the profit on well, and stuff like that. Well, they were trying to do the Dark Universe, weren't they? The Monster Universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 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 sorry. Yeah, the Dark Universe. But yeah. that, uh, well, that was so that didn't work. Exactly. Yeah. They just I mean, all their clams. I would say, I would say what still makes the kind of Jurassic Park films after still it's one of the things that makes it good is well, the only thing, in my opinion, that makes them all good is the visual effects. Yeah, yeah. that's it. But uh, the story is the, the, the stories are awful. Whilst Jurassic Park one has great visual effects and a really good story. And we go characters as well. And also, John Williams' score, we have mentioned it, but so, so, really, he, he's, so, he's so, his his music tells yeah. the story. Yes. And the viewers kind of, the, the set, sets the tone for the story. It's all about, you know, like the kind of, duh, 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 duh. it's like, it's, it's that the, sense of adventure, isn't it? Adventure. Yeah. And it's like, uh, the idea, you know, the idea is like, you know, the really main theme, Du, 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 du. Yeah, it's idea is like you are seeing something you have seen something you've never seen before. Mm. The it's... greatest safari you'd ever go on, exactly. It? And it's the amazement of just like seeing dinosaurs in yep. like real life and stuff. Um, obviously, there's no dinosaurs. Not obviously when you're watching the film. Not not in real life. Just <laughs> you know. Uh, um, but it's it's all about the the, the audience's f- first reactions, the sense of adventure, and to see and just you know, oh my god, there's dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> not in a book with pictures. It's actually on a film. You know, it's it's mm. it's amazing. It is. It's just fantastic. And you know, obviously, there's been like the picture of dinosaurs in like previous stuff before, but you know, it's not just it's, it's then. The visual effects aren't that great. They're of that time, whilst Jurassic Park, Risky, revolutionizes those yeah. effects. Well, you see, like the original King Kong, right? Because that mm. includes, um, like, dinosaurs as well. Mm, yeah, and it's, yeah. It's like that, like, stop motion animation. I don't, like Harry Ray Harryhausen sort of revolutionized it, didn't he? Yeah. But it was even before then, so there was very like clunky movements, and uh, yeah, it wasn't that great. But for its time, it was pretty good. And and also, you know, this film like it 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 allowed other filmmakers. They'll be like, okay, I I I have this idea for special effects. One do. I don't think it's possible to make it. Jurassic Park has actually now proved that I can make it. Right, so George Lucas, I feel like if George, if um, I feel like if Jurassic Park didn't come along, the prequel trilogy would be something completely different. Yeah, not in terms of story, but in terms of the way is. You know, because George Lucas wanted to show kind of the the almighty of the Republic, yeah, yeah. Before kind of the basic kind of you know the the grayish kind of mm. less colorful original trilogy, the Empire kind of the landscape and all that. Um, same again with Stanley Kubrick, he'd be able. Oh, I can make AI artificial intelligence. Um. Not even 
know, it's out of even James Cameron. Oh yeah, like James if, Cameron if, was revolu revolutionary. Yeah. If 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 James if like Jurassic Park didn't really come along, I don't think Avatar would have been made. Um. And also, even with uh, talk about King Kong, like Peter Jackson, he yeah, he, you know, he he re explored his, he made him re explore his love of fancy films, his childhood love fancy films, and the idea that he can make effects for, for like you know, Lord of Rings and stuff, and like, oh, I can create this, like, I've got the effect, you know, I've got the ability to have what I want on the screen now, which I didn't have before, um. And you know it's and obviously after that, then so many dinosaur films came out, and not just Jurassic Park franchise, but even documentaries and all that. It, it's 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 so just um, the, it's such a big imp impact, and I, it's such it's probably one of the most significant films ever made, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean it's pretty well, yeah one of the greatest blockbusters. Yeah, yeah, because like the nineties was like the the era of the blockbuster. Mm, yeah. And you realize how much money it made because it made nine hundred and and what twelve million. Um, mm. It's interesting because, like even before that, I think the highest grossing film before that was I think Star Wars Episode Four, the first original really? Star Wars. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, and uh, and it's big highest grossing film for four years until Titanic came along. It's uh, I'm gonna look at it quickly. Like what's a highest grossing movies of all time? That's all right. Um, so uh, oh, probably I probably, but yeah, I feel like Star Wars made like something like seven hundred million or something like that. Yeah. And then before that, it was Jaws. Jaws made so much money. Yeah. It was like the highest. Uh, highest movie of uh of all time it's crazy man isn't it um but yeah that's kind of, kind uh, of weird to think though isn't it like jaws mm. oh one sec here we go uh yeah jaws yeah yeah so uh let's have let me in so jaws 1975 again people just love sharks as well like uh yeah it was the highest grossing film it was I was going to film until the release of Star Wars in 1977, um, and uh, yeah, it it, uh, it grossed 550 million during its initial run, surpassing Jaws and becoming the highest grossing film of all time until E.T. Oh, no the way. extraterrestrial, <laughs> yep. And uh, ET made uh, made uh, it uh, was that like, uh, uh, yeah, ET made uh, 792.59 million worldwide. It was highest wow. grossing film of all time. It held that record for 11 years until Jurassic Park. Jesus, yeah, it's really weird to think, though, isn't it? And Freedom are directed by. Spielberg. Wow, um, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's kind of a shame the way he's got gone now. I think there's still like I think he can still make really great films and stuff. Yeah, but I feel like he. I wish he could go back to his roots and do something that's like you know. Yeah, like good. <laughs> I mean, like something kind of original because, I mean, 
a lot of a lot of these films are just like adaptions of stuff. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, West Side remix, Story, Base yeah. Player One, The Post. I mean, the 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 concept of ET was never based on anything before, was it? Uh, uh, I even say Jaws. Uh, oh no, Jaws was based on a book. Actually, my, my bad. Um, it's yeah, uh, even Indiana Jones is. You know, anyway, it's based on George Lucas, but like Steven Spielberg was involved in that. It was so it's such an original idea. Um, yeah. But all these it's films based have on like out. the pulp stories of the of the all these, but most of yeah. his films are coming out are adaptions of stuff. Um, it doesn't really feel like anything original. But I mean, the Fablemans, I feel like it is an original, but it's based on his life. So right. yeah. Well, it's a it's a it's loosely based on Spielberg's childhood growing up in post World War II era Arizona. Oh, cool! That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I'm quite. I think because he's he's directing it himself and he's winning it himself, so he has. I feel like he's gonna like. He's obviously he wants to show a story his upbringing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. What's um. Let's go final, yeah, final thoughts. Jurassic Park. What's your uh, overall rating of it? Uh, um, I'd say confidently a nine out of ten. Yeah, I would say nine out of ten. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's just like plotos and stuff, and I don't know. Maybe it's just like nostalgia. Like I'm afraid to put too much sort of. Um, Actually, I'm going to change. I'm going to give that a nine point five out of ten. Okay. I feel like it deserves that high. Mm. Um. Yeah, and I'm happy with nine point five out of ten. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, it's a film that's like really great. I feel like it had a bit of potholes, but you know, you kind of script this away because the story's still good anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's just a shame that it's just become. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's the like legacy is shit. A legacy, yeah. The legacy, not great film. Legacy film films after that, not so much. So. Um, uh yeah so that's it really that's our Jurassic Park uh talk um we uh obviously that will be coming out on Monday uh but yeah um coming up in June we have uh Obi-Wan coming out soon as well so I'll be Obi-Wan kind of talk coming out and it may be like uh one or two uh nothing coming out this month that we still haven't decided yet but I'm sure it'll be um I'm sure it'll be something good so yeah um we are very planned people, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> only, uh, yeah. only the most planned, yeah. Only the most planned. So, thank everybody for uh, tuning. Um, thank you um, for uh, listening um, to this um, podcast. <laughs> the podcast finds a way. <laughs> hey, find, podcast finds a way. That is chaos theory. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, from the um, from us, thank you so much for enjoying. Uh, remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can email us as well at thehobbycoffeecast at gmail.com. And follow us on the many platforms we're on, including Spotify, Anchor, a- Apple Music, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. Um, our radio also is another one. And uh, please be sh- please be sure to like, follow, share, and all of you if you enjoyed the episode. It helps so so much, and yeah, you'd be very very uh, you'd be very great appreciated. Yeah, 
Um, but to everybody, thank you, everybody. Hope you have a nice weekend, and we'll see you on the next of the Coffee Cast. Bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Hoffy Coffee Cast. But before we end, me and Reese want to thank everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like, follow, share and review. In addition to tell your friends, family and fellow nerds and coffee lovers about our content. We both enjoyed talking about these topics. And with your help, we can strive to be bigger and better and bring out much more to our fans and listeners. I'm your host, Reese Bolton. And I'm your host, Reese Jones. And we'll see you on the next Hoffee Coffee Cast. Take care and goodbye. Bye.